The coronavirus pandemic is here and we'll help guide you through it. The news about COVID-19 is changing daily. Keeping you up to date each morning with developments, this podcast will give you our latest news and some ideas of what to expect moving forward. Daily at herald-review.com. Hello, this is Annalisa Trofmuck, a government reporter with the Herald and Review. We have a lot of ground to cover in today's podcast. We'll spend some time talking about the potential face mask city ordinance. Reporter Tony Reed has updates from the Macon County Government Finance Committee. Our sports department put together lists of what-if awards featuring athletes within the Herald Interview coverage area. And at the very end of this podcast, we will hear the latest regional and Macon County case numbers. All of the reporting mentioned today can be found in the print edition of the Herald Interview and online at herald-interview.com. All right, so let's get started. So Decatur City officials haven't decided when to revisit a proposed city ordinance requiring the use of face masks, and Mayor Julie Morewolf said Monday that the measure might not be needed if people follow the rules on their own. The council had been set to consider the amendment to city code at its regular meeting, but Morewolf pulled the item from the agenda Friday after heavy public objection to the proposal. Language in the ordinance mirrored that of Governor J.B. Pritzker's state requirement to wear masks in public where social distancing is not possible, a step aimed at preventing the spread of COVID-19. The state mask guidelines are one component of Pritzker's extended stay-at-home order in effect until May 30th that also imposes limits on how non-essential businesses can operate and requires some to remain closed altogether. Gatherings of more than 10 people are also prohibited. Hundreds of protesters demonstrated last week in Springfield and Chicago to show their displeasure with the order as a whole, and many were not wearing masks. Among those who expressed concerns with the proposed ordinance was NAACP Decatur Branch President Janelle Norman, who wrote a letter to council members that Moore Wolf read during Monday's meeting. Moore, Wolf, Wrighton, and some city staff members were present in council chambers while the rest of the council and additional staff members participated over Zoom, a video conference application. The meeting was streamed live on the city's website. Norman said the NAACP is in favor of masks being worn but expressed concerns with the implementation of the ordinance. It is no secret that African Americans are disproportionately arrested for various crimes. Much work has been done to improve race relations with the police, Norman wrote. This ordinance, when implemented, will help deteriorate race relations within the community. She added that citizens should be provided with free face masks or at least a place to purchase them as it is difficult to find face masks indicator. There is more information about the ordinance in this article along with coverage of the rest of yesterday's council meeting. And speaking of face masks, reporter Donette Beckett wrote a story about a donation of 450 face shields to the Macon County Emergency Management Agency. The region's economic group, healthcare officials, a tattoo shop owner, volunteers, and other organizations came together to address a lack of protective gear. A total of 450 face shields were delivered Monday to the Macon County Emergency Management Agency in response to the shortage of coronavirus pandemic personal protective equipment. The group is distributing the devices. Sports reporter Joey Wagner created several lists of Player of the Year What If Awards. His most recent list is for softball. Joey writes, The Herald Interview won't issue Player of the Year or Coach of the Year awards for any spring sports. The running list will instead be reduced to season canceled and every reference for the future. But we can still wonder who would have walked away with those awards had the season been played. 
For the most part, we have a body of work to determine who could have won those awards had the season been played and they remained healthy. It's a guessing game, but there are plenty of options to choose from. He's also put together a list of what-if awards for baseball, boys and girls track and field, and girls soccer. All of the what-if awards can be found at herald-review.com. Editor Chris Coates reports the Illinois Department of Public Health on Monday reported 2,341 new cases of COVID-19. As Governor J.B. Pritzker noted, the state is making progress in multiple areas. The state's total number of cases is now 63,840. The Illinois Department of Public Health on Monday also reported 46 additional deaths, the lowest number since April 19th. The state's total number of cases is now 63,840. The Illinois Department of Public Health on Monday also reported 46 additional deaths, the lowest daily number since April 19th, related to novel coronavirus, bringing that total to 2,662. A model that Pritzker's administration released last month showed the state's peak daily deaths were estimated to reach between 50 and 150, a range above Monday's count. Three residents tested positive for COVID-19 over the weekend, officials of the Christian Montgomery Crisis Communications announced Monday. The three new cases in Montgomery County make for a total of 29 positive tests, including one death. There are also 401 negative tests as of 5 p.m. Sunday, according to a news release by the Joint County team. Reporter Tony Reed covered a Macon County Finance Committee meeting yesterday where the impact of COVID-19 on the county's budget was the main point of discussion. The question remains how deep those cuts will eventually turn out to be, Tony writes, with sales tax revenues expected to collapse by margins not yet clear, predicting the precise degree of revenue shortfall is difficult. Macon County Board Chairman Kevin Greenfield has previously said the county's budget could be looking at a $1 million deficit. The Finance Committee can't compel departmental cuts by itself, but a two-thirds vote of the full county board could do so. Greg Mattingly told the Finance Committee that tough decisions will have to be made, and he said he was surprised to see some department heads apparently worried that imposing cuts and furloughs might make key employees leave in search of other jobs. The total number of cases of COVID in Macon County reached 125 on Monday as officials reported three new confirmed cases. There are 79 residents recovering in isolation at home, 11 are hospitalized, and 22 have been released from isolation. 13 residents have died after testing positive for the virus. Okay, so that is all for today's podcast. If you are enjoying this podcast and our reporting, please consider one of the subscription options. An online subscription is only $3 for three months. Thank you all so much for listening, and I will see you tomorrow.